Good morning and welcome to Camarillo Community Church and happy Mother's Day. My name is Elaine Francisco and I'm the Director of Early Childhood Ministries and this is Sam. She's the Director of K3 and we are so excited to be dedicating children this morning. We have been blessed with a great new generation of children and um, we just want to celebrate that with you this morning. They're going to be getting Bibles so that they can start reading God's Word in their home and sharing um, the stories of Jesus with them. And they're also going to get a flower, a rose. Roses are beautiful and fragrant, but they also have thorns. Childhood is wonderful and awesome, but sometimes there are some thorny situations that happen. And we want you to know that as Camarillo Community Church, we're going to be with you to support you and guide you and pray for you during your childhood's journey to know Jesus. So let me introduce these families to you. We're going to start over here. <laughs> All right, this morning we're dedicating Finian Hayes Warlick, and this is his whole family, and mommy and daddy Ryan and Hillary. And this is Cody Grace Tabalinski with Daddy Jake and Mommy Katrina. And this is Morgan Lane Hernandez with Daddy Andrew and Mommy Chelsea and two big brothers. And this is Amber Rose Spence and her mom and dad, Chris and Amy, and two big brothers as well. And this is Greta Noel Laubacher with her brothers and a sister, and Joey and Johnny Laubacher. And this is Jacob Casey Paulson and Cameron Stephen Paulson, and Daddy Dave, and Mommy Monica. We are so blessed that God has given us so many young children, and we are so honored to be able to raise them up to know Jesus. And I know it's our, our heart's desire to stand alongside you, but parents, we're gonna ask you to make a commitment right now it's based on your heart's desires to raise your children up to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, to invest time with them at home, teaching them about God's word, and praying over them and teaching them to pray and know Jesus by studying his word and learning to follow after him. If that's your heart desire right now, would you answer by saying, we do. We do. And Camarillo Community Church, this is a challenging journey. And so we're going to ask you to make a commitment to them that you would give your time, your talents, your resources, your um, walk alongside and pray for you on the journey of parenting. If you would do that for these families, would you answer wholeheartedly and encouragingly by saying, we do. Okay, now as we move into a time of prayer, our worship team is going to come forward and place hands on our families. And just um, as a congregation, and those of you at home even, if you would extend your hand as a show of support as we pray over these kids and their families. 
Dear God, your name is high and holy, and we praise your name today. We thank you. Thank you for the precious gift of children. Bless these kids that we have here today, Father. We ask that you draw them close to your heart each and every day as they grow. Um, just plant a strong desire to hear, to read, and to know your word as they grow, and just protect them and provide for them each and every day um, as you lead them towards salvation. Bless the families, God. Lead them with wisdom from your word. Bring them godly mentors in matters of marriage and in family and in faith. Lord, just bring them um, believers, believing friends to surround them with as they grow their families. And Lord, I just ask that you strengthen Camarillo Community Church right now, that you um, let us be a body to um, just be a family to all of these families as they grow. We just ask that we can be a source here um, of encouragement and spiritual growth. Oh Lord, just hear our prayers today for these children and their families. Provide and protect them. And God, we just ask that each child here will be raised to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And we ask all of this in your name. Amen. This is Eden Ann. No. Elizabeth Ann, sorry. This is Elizabeth Ann Bullard Leaf with her whole family, mommy and daddy Michael and Rebecca. And she has a big family to support her and encourage her in her walk with the Lord. I'm gonna squeeze in here. This is Hank Taylor Vargas Fleming. And his mom and dad are Josh and Mallory, and he has a cheering section out there. Hey, Hank. Hey, buddy. This is Eden Ann Rose Humphrey. Hi, sweetheart. Hi. And her mommy and daddy, Darren and Rachel, are here this morning. And this is Jazz McCartney Reed and his daddy Kelly and his mommy Kimmy. He wants to talk. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to be a worship leader like daddy. Yeah. <laughs> and this is Aria Raquel Gillespie with her sisters and brother and daddy Brandon. And Mom Eliana, we're so glad you're here. And this is Rosalie Lewis with her brothers and sister and Mommy Kristen. And this is Olivia Rain Marks and Daddy Ian and Mommy Yvette. And we're going to squeeze you guys. Getting all children together and looking gorgeous on Mother's Day morning is a feat. I think we should give them a round of applause. <laughs> they look amazing. <laughs> so parents, raising your children up to know the Lord is 
a challenging journey, but an amazing journey. And we want you to know that our church is here for you. We want to support you in your walk with the Lord. And we also want to ask you right now if it's the desire of your hearts to raise your children up to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, would you answer by saying yes? And Camarillo Community Church, it's our responsibility to help these families raise their children um, so that they know and love and trust Jesus. And it takes a church family to do that. So would you be willing to donate your time, your resources, your prayers, your energy to support these families? And if you will, will you say, we will. I'm trying. Okay, now as we move into a time of prayer, our worship team is going to come forward and place hands on our families. As a congregation and those of you at home, if you would extend your hand just as a show of support as we pray. God, we praise your high and holy name today. Thank you, Father, for the precious gift of children. Bless these kids here today, God. Draw them near to you each and every day as they grow. Plant a strong desire to hear, read, and know the Bible in their hearts. Plainly reveal the need of salvation to each of them. God, bless these families. Lead them with wisdom from your word. Bring godly mentors and friends alongside them in all matters of marriage and family and faith. Lord, bless Camarillo Community Church. Strengthen our church body. Allow us to be just a refuge from the world and a source of encouragement and spiritual growth. God, and um, we just ask that you hear our prayers today for these children. Protect and provide for their families. And we just, it's our ultimate prayer that each of them um, would know and love Jesus Christ as their Savior. And we ask it all in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay, and with that joyous note, one of my favorite things about motherhood is laughter. Because you know there's funny stuff happening out there, moms, right? And we put together a little video just to share some of that with you. Remember, we play with the ball outside. Play with the ball outside! Uh uh uh. Hands out of your pants, please. Get your hands out of your pants! I'm still talking to you, love. Don't walk away when I'm talking to you! <laughs> shoes, dear. I don't know is not an answer. All right, children, time to go. Let's go. No. No. No, 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 no. Might I have my phone back now? Give me back my phone. That's not polite or sanitary. Get your finger out of there. Children, might we use our inside voices? Keep it down! Be careful. Get down from there! I love you. I love you. Good morning, CC. We just want to take a moment to welcome you this morning, especially to all our moms that decided to come and join us. If you want to please stand. For all the tears, for all the joy, for everything that you provide us today. Happy Mother's Day.
never stopped you And Friday's disappointment And Sunday's empty tomb Since when is impossible Ever stopped you This is the sound of the dry bones rattling Dead man walk again Hoping the grave I'm coming out I'm gonna live, gonna live again This is the sound of the dry bones rattling Let him turn it in your face. 
Help me out, church. Let's sing that again. Oh, let him turn it in your favor. Watch him work it for your good. Watch him work it for your good. He's not done. He's not done with what he started. And he's not done until it's good. Hello, peace. Hello,
Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. We are so glad that you are with us this morning. If you're online with us or at home or on the patio or in the video venue, welcome to you too. And just in case you went to maybe an in-laws church, something like that, and you're watching on Wednesday, we're just glad that you're hanging out with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy Mother's Day to all. Yeah, I kind of like the first hour. You guys aren't that excited about Mother's Day. It's very sad. Happy Mother's Day to you all. There you go. We want to celebrate you. We want you to feel special today. We want all the women in our lives, mothers and even women who have stepped in as mothers, we want to celebrate you and really celebrate motherhood today. In fact, we're going to give you an opportunity today to give the gift of motherhood to someone else. More to come on that in a second. But we made sure we had baby dedications. We did Mary Poppins versus Batwoman. That's hilarious. And hope you enjoyed that. Afterwards today, when you leave, uh, I think your kids are drawing right now little, uh, little things for you. And then they'll bring you this piece of paper and you can make your own bouquet. You wrap it in, you know, the color crayon, the scribble of your kid, and you make a little bouquet outside. So don't leave today without your bouquet. We wanted you ladies to be able to pick your own flowers and put it together. And uh, judging from the first hour, it seems like people really love that. We're trying to figure out what we could do for men on Father's Day. And so we're thinking we'll put it put like, a, like a two by four and a nail and we'll just let them hammer in. And maybe they'll enjoy that. Um, uh, let me know if you have a better idea. Anyway, so that's what we got. We just want you to, we just want to celebrate motherhood. We want to, you to feel special on Mother's Day. With that being said, I on the stage with me, I have a couple ladies who are representing a ministry right here in Ventura County called Love Life. Uh, their names are Tessa and Carly. Say hi, Tessa. Hi, Carly. Thank you very much. And Tessa, maybe we can have you share the nature of what Love Life does. And uh, please tell us your role there as well. And then Carly, maybe you can share with us uh, why you're so impassioned for Love Life ministry. Hello everyone, my name is Tessa. I'm the church engagement lead for Love Life in Ventura County. We are an organization that seeks to unite and mobilize the local church to care for families in unexpected pregnancies, to bring an end to abortion and the orphan crisis. And it's such an honor for us to be here on Mother's Day because we are in a, a position to help families to feel confident in continuing their pregnancies when they are in an unexpected pregnancy pregnancy because we know that abortion not only ends the life of an innocent child but it robs a family of a, a mother of motherhood and a father of fatherhood and so today we are here to share about how we as an organization are here to protect motherhood and to help those who are in a, a pregnancy who are feeling afraid and aren't sure what to do and then also to help women and men who have abortion in their past to recover from that experience because we know that one in four women will have an abortion in their lifetime there are definitely um, people within our congregation um, who have had an abortion in their past and we want to help those people recover and receive the grace and forgiveness of Jesus because we know that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and he offers healing he offers forgiveness he offers 
just a powerful testimony of overcoming that, uh, that story, that past, and, and, and he can use that for mighty things. And so we as an organization work through the local church to reach those two uh, people in those two situations, those who are in unexpected pregnancies right now and those who are recovering from an abortion in their past. And we've seen over the last year over 25 uh, families saved from abortion. We've seen over 25 churches partnering with us and just God doing miracles every single day. So I'd love to invite you to come and talk with us to find out how you can get involved and, and be a part of this amazing move of God. Yeah, my name's Carly, and so I am the sidewalk director for Love Life in Ventura County, and what that means is I'm in charge of training and staffing men and women to come on the sidewalks outside of abortion clinics and to just plead the cause for life and also for hope um, on the sidewalks as these women are walking in to have an abortion. Um, I Part of the reason why I'm so impassioned about this is because I know a lot of what these girls are, are going through. Um, part of my testimony is um, when, I was, when I was astray, when I was away from God, and I was held in the bondage of my sin. I was um, with, uh, with my former boyfriend um, when I was like 16, and I, I was sleeping with him. I, I fell into this, this bondage of sin with him, and um, I, that stayed with me for many years. And so when God freed me from that, when he came into my life and he restored and redeemed me and healed me from that, that is, is when I was able to start going out to the sidewalks and, and talking to girls as they're going into the clinic. And I saw them as I saw myself. I saw them and I had so much love and compassion for them. We never stand out there to shame or condemn because Jesus doesn't do that for us. Jesus came that we would be saved and have life abundant. And so that's why we stand out here is to preach the hope of the gospel. And so we want to bring them in and say, I know you're scared and you're hopeless, but God has come that you might be saved, that you might experience what really living is actually like. And so we're just really, honestly, we're so blessed to be able to be in this position where we would be able to serve our community and where we would be able to bring this need to you guys, um, that you would see that so many men and women um, need help, they need discipleship, they need community. I can't tell you how many girls I've seen that come there and they're so isolated, men and women. Um, I experienced that myself and so we go out there and say there are people who are ready and willing to help you because we love you because God first loved us. Awesome, thank you. So I first, I first heard about Love Life about a year ago. I believe you girls came to our high school ministry and started sharing there. And, uh, and then I said, okay, I want to see this in action. Uh, I, I, I hate to admit, but I, I um, you know, the church in Christendom has had a bad reputation in this realm, you know, in the years past. And I said, I want to see what they're doing. And so they had this opportunity to have our pastors come and just pray alongside them as they do what they do at the corner. And so Kenny and I went, I think uh, Sam went with us as well, and we were just praying there. And, and I saw the heart of what they're doing. They actually have two gift bags. One gift bag is for gals who are going into the clinic. And if I could just summarize, the gift bag basically says, it is a baby, it's not a clump of cells. You are a mother already, and we would love to help you in your time of need. And then the second bag is for those who come out of the clinic. And that bag says, now that you've participated in this, you're gonna need help to receive healing from this. 
This is gonna be very difficult moving forward both physically and emotionally and we'd like to meet your spiritual need there. And I thought, okay, that's kind of interesting. And then I never forget, I mean, it, was, it was you, uh, um, Tessa, when uh, one of the girls came out of the clinic and she was limping. And some of us that don't know this, it, it, it's physically uh, a difficult procedure. And so you can tell when the gals are walking out, they're in pain. And Tessa looked at her, there's a girl walking out. She's in pain, she's limping. And she quickly switched to, into prayer over the girl. And I thought, okay, I can get behind this. They're not just about saving babies, they're about saving souls. And so um, I, I thought, you know what, I wanna highlight this for our church. As we said, we're gonna give you the opportunity to give the gift of motherhood. Um, uh, by the end of this um, gathering time, I'll put my Bible out and you can come and give to this effort. Now, what, what, what Love Life does, they say, you know, if you're gonna decide to keep your family intact, then we wanna come alongside of you and help you with that endeavor. If whatever it is that's, that is so, uh, making this so difficult for you right now, I don't know where I'm gonna get a crib, I don't know where I'm gonna get a, a, a baby seat, I don't have a stroller, what about the onesies? We will throw you a baby shower, that's what Love Life does. And they throw them a baby shower and they lavish them with gifts of all the things that they will need as they decide to keep their family intact. And so when we uh, depart today, you can say we want to give to that effort and stand in support of these families and these young women in an unplanned crisis uh, pregnancy and say we will, we will come and help you and support you. Now before I move on, I forgot to mention this last hour and I had a wife poke her husband and he left and went to the ATM and got money and missed the message. There is a way to give online as well. And so don't miss the message, you don't have to do that. Uh, but if for those of you guys came prepared with cash, what do you have, you know, uh, you can do that. Or there, Kenny will share a little later how you can give online as well. But we wanna support this ministry, support these gals. I'm just telling you, seeing them in action, it floored me. I was like uh, so impressed, so impressed with what you guys do and how you do it and the love that you show. Would you do me a favor, say hi to them before you leave today, they'll be on the patio at the Love Life table, but give them a hand, Tessa and Carly from Love Life. Well, I had the opportunity of meeting a, a, a baby this week. His name is William. Uh, uh, William's parents found themselves standing outside of a clinic around uh, nine, ten months ago. I think William's about a month old. Unplanned pregnancy, young, scared, desperate. Someone reached out to William's dad while he waited for his girlfriend in the car. They said to him, you know, the baby is real and you're a real dad right now. You know, you could do something about this. You could walk in and tell your girlfriend not to go through with this. Finally, after that discussion, he decided to get up and go and do just that. But before he could even get across the street, his girlfriend had already walked out of the clinic with an ultrasound picture and a smile across her face saying, I am not gonna do this to my baby. Our middle school pastor has been meeting and discipling William's father for the past several months. Jacob Solace, our own middle school pastor, discipling this young man. They've been reading through the book of John together. And as soon as this young man got to John chapter three, he texted back to Pastor Jacob and said, this whole being born again business, I don't get it. Can you, Pastor Jacob, can you please explain it to me? From standing at the foot of his car to, to the doorsteps of heaven. And by the way, if you are here today and you're in the midst of an unplanned pregnancy right now, I want you to know that this church will embrace you we will love you, 
We won't judge you. We all stand the need of the forgiveness of God. And we'll embrace you in that journey. I'm so glad that the humility of the daunting task of never stopped these young ladies, the young ladies of Love Life, from standing on that corner. They never hesitated. And because of that, young William is alive today. Today we're gonna to look at the difference between humility and hesitation. One finding its source as a godly disposition and the other finding its end in a pool of potential. What is it about the foundation of our hesitancy that causes us to be stifled? Why can't we move forward at times? Are there needs or concerns that cause us to hesitate? And how can those be alleviated? Could it be that a form of validation is needed prior to moving forward? And could it be that an intimidation that comes over us is holding us back? For that, we're gonna be in 1 Samuel chapter 10. If you have your Bible today, I encourage you to open it up right now. Uh, go to chapter 10, we'll be looking at verses one through 16 in total together. If you don't have a bound Bible, maybe you're new to us and you've never had your own copy of the Word of God, we'd love to give it to you. Uh, when you leave today, go to the left side. It's the Pastor Jason. I can have a, my own bound Bible, a leather-bound Bible, and go there. They will happily give you one. They'll even give you a, uh, a coupon. To, they'll take you to the nearest Christian bookstore where you can get your name imprinted on it in gold or silver letters. We would love to give you that gift. For those of you guys who have your phones, uh, take them on out and get there. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verses 1 through 16. We're looking at the difference between humility and hesitation. Why is it that we find ourselves hesitantly crawling towards what God has called us to do? Have you ever felt that way? I think God's calling me to do this, but I find myself getting there, itch, inching my way there. I have a hesitancy about me. You could even call it a crawl, but I think God's calling me to do it. Why is it that we find ourselves hesitantly crawling towards what God has called us to do? And the first thing, like all of us probably dealt with this before, it's because we have a desperate need for validation. How do I know that God really wants me to do this? I, I need some confirmation from you, God. I, I, do I hesitate in moving forward? Do I run towards this? All of us can relate to this in one way or another because we have a desperate need for validation. And that's where we're gonna pick up our story in 1 Samuel chapter 10. Now, if you haven't been for, with us for a little while, you don't know where we are in our journey, so I'll just say this, the, 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 the um, nation of Israel has said to God that we want a king. They look around to the Egyptian kings, the Canaanite kings, the Babylonian, all, everybody has a king. And we want our own king. And they dress up their king with nice fine jewels and they parade him forward and they do these parades and everybody's so proud of their country and their king. And he protects us and he fights for us and he takes care of us. And so God give us a king, and God has now obliged them on their request. But what is unknown, or what you can't see on the surface is what they're saying is, God, we don't want you as king anymore. You see, God was king, it was a theocracy. God was king over Israel, and when they said they wanted a king, they were saying, God, we'd like to substitute you and put somebody else there. Somebody who we could see with our eyes, who looks strong and beautiful, who protect us, as if God wasn't there to protect them. And necessary saying, Let's put you to the side and give us another human king, taking the divine and replacing it with a human replacement. 
You can imagine that wasn't uh, something that God was that excited about, but he's obliging their request regardless. And it's a beautiful picture of how God, no matter what decisions we make in our life, he's still sovereign. There's things that I've done that, are, that, that, that I'm ashamed of, things that I've done that, that I don't want to look to. But God says I can still be sovereignly working through those events for my purposes in the future. And so he gives them the king that they want, and that's where we find ourselves in 1 Samuel chapter 10. Let me read along. We'll read verses one through seven together. It says this, then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head, speaking of Saul, and kissed him and said, has not the Lord anointed you to be prince over his people Israel? And you shall reign over the people of the Lord, and you shall save them from the hand of their surrounding enemies. And this shall be a sign to you that the Lord has anointed you to be prince over his heritage, God's heritage, both land and people. When you depart from me today, you will meet two men from Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin of Zelzah. And they will say to you, the donkeys that you've been seeking are found, and your father has ceased to care about the donkeys and now is anxious about you, saying, what shall I do about my son? And then you shall go down further and, and, uh, to, the, to the oak of Tabor, and three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you there, one carrying three goats, another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a skin of wine. Listen how specific these predictions are. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread, which you shall accept from their hand. And after that, you shall come to Gebeah Elohim, where the garrison of the Philistines are. And there, as soon as you come into the city, you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a harp, a tambourine, a flute, a lyre before them, prophesying. Still more, then the Spirit of the Lord will rush upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Now these, when, now when these signs meet you, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. Why is it that we find ourselves hesitantly crawling towards what God has called us to do? Well, the first reason is, kind of plainly humanly speaking, because we are in desperate need for validation, confirmation. And this is the same with Saul. You might remember earlier, if you were here in the last couple of weeks, when he first is approached on this whole idea, wait a second, it can't be me. I'm of the smallest tribe, the weakest tribe. We, we're a tribe that has like a bad reputation, like the worst reputation of all the tribes. There's no way I can be king. And there's a humility that comes with that response. And so Samuel knows that he's gonna to have to validate this in Saul to give Saul some confidence on where he should go. And he anoints him as king and he kisses him on the head as if to say, God, this is, this is God's man. I'm telling you, I'm showing you that it's God's man. I'm, I'm gonna convince you, Saul, that God has called you into this role. Interestingly enough, in, in Egypt, the Pharaoh was never anointed. I don't know if you ever knew this, but in ancient times, the Pharaoh himself would not have been anointed. But the Pharaoh would anoint all of his vice regents, his officials, his vassals. Uh, vassal kings and minor kings that would, that would be over certain territories, he would anoint them, but he himself was not anointed. And that anointing that he would anoint them with would symbolize and indicate that there's a subordinate relationship between him and them. I'm the true king, you can be my vassal king in certain areas. But this anointing reflects that you are subordinate to me and I will protect you. That is the ancient understanding of anointing vice regents, vassal kings, minor kings, officials, and the nature. 
thereof. In light of this, we can look at the king of Israel and understand that he was never to be considered the ultimate sovereign one. Simply a vassal king of Yahweh, he was God's prince or vice regent to rule over God's estate, both land and people. This is my heritage. I'm putting it under you. You're going to preside over it, but you are the small king. I am the grand sovereign king. It's when Saul gets this twisted later in chapter 13 when we saw, start seeing him start feeling like he's no longer under someone else that he gets himself in trouble. And we can sometimes look on that literature and that narrative and go, oh, come on, Saul, of course, you should have known. I mean, Samuel's there telling you the word of God, so you're under him. God's God, you're under him. But don't we do that all the time ourselves? When we get things twisted in our lives and we start thinking that we're king, that we're in charge, that we're the ones who get to dictate where life goes, everything that I have from my hands is, I, I earned it, it's mine. Is it? Are you the king king or are you the vassal king, the vice regent? Is everything that's come through your hands God's? Because that would be the correct understanding. And just like Saul got it twisted along the way, sometimes we get it twisted along the way too. Saul is simply to preside over God's inheritance, both in land and in people. And interestingly enough, as I just mentioned, Samuel's the one who brought the word of God to, to Saul. And so there's a sense even in Old Testament literature that prophets had a functional superiority over even kings because they carried the word of God. Royal power had its limits, and the Lord's prophet would define those limits. Saul, if you can keep this straight, God's up top, and then there's my prophets who will dictate to you my word, then you'll be okay. Once you get that sideways, that's when things will go sideways for you. Well, interestingly enough, because Samuel knows that Saul's going to have trouble with this, he goes, we're going to have to give him some evidence because he's not going to believe this. And so he says, I'm going to give you three confirmative events Three validations are coming your way. Three confirmations are coming your way. The first one is when uh, two men will be uh, walking and they'll, they'll tell you that the donkeys are found. He's, the whole reason he's out there is his dad said, go find the missing donkeys. And there's gonna be two men that will come and they'll tell you they found the donkeys. In fact, your dad's not worried about the donkeys anymore. He's worried about you. And really what this will symbolize is that you can, you can put the past behind you and you can look forward to what God's calling you to do. The second sign is that now there's three men, not four men, not five men, not seven. He's just very, very specific. Three men, they'll come, and they're all carrying specific things. This one's carrying some wine. This one's carrying a couple goats. This one's carrying some bread. Uh, you're going to find them, and they're going to be walking on their way up to God in Bethel. So they're, they're carrying these items that seem to be items that they were going to sacrifice to God. And, and you're going to run into them. There's going to be three of them. They're all going to have their little things, and they're, they're going to have their items, and then one of them's going to offer you some bread, and you're going to take it. And this, this sign is going to confirm that God will allow you and will allow the people of Israel to see you as a leader. It's very uncommon for somebody to give you like a gift of bread. Sounds weird, but it's very uncommon to do that. And the fact that these items were the items that they were going to use to worship God, it's very clear they're saying, we are recognizing you as somebody above the rest. We are paying homage to you in a sense. And so the items that we were going to use for God in worship, we'll give it to you like we would a priest. The people of Israel will follow you, Saul. Just know that. 
God will make it so they'll follow you. They'll recognize you as king. And then the third, this time it'll be a band of prophets. So we go from two people, not very religious, to three people who are religious because they're going to worship God. And then now a whole band of prophets. And these guys are very religious because they're prophets. They're, they're singing out. They're proclaiming the word of God. They, they have a special sign gifts. In this progression of things, you will see them, and then you'll begin to prophesy with them. And this sign was to show Saul, don't worry, God will provide you whatever you need to carry on this new role. He'll provide you whatever you need to carry on this role. Why is it that we find ourselves hesitantly crawling towards what God has called us to do? Because we feel like we, need a, we have a desperate need of validation. And here is, is Samuel saying, I am validating you. Let me show you how God is validating you. You are validated to move forward. You, are, you do have the confirmation to move forward. And by the way, if you're here in the room right now and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have God's confirmation and his validation as well. And I'll tell you how you have it, based on the fact that God would send his son to die on the cross and shed his blood for you, that you are a blood-bought child of God, that God says, I'm gonna pay for your sin with the precious blood of my son, buy you in this adoption relationship so now you are a part of the family of God. Why, what virtue do I have confirmation and validation? I'm in the family of God. That's how I know. But you don't understand, Pastor, all this stuff going on in my past and all, all these things I've done that I'm ashamed of. Yes, and God took care of it on the cross. The cross of Christ, the blood that he shed was for that sin. And so now today, as a believer in Christ, a transformation happens. I'm a new person, and all that's paid for. I'm a blood-bought child of God. One more thing. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, it declares you to be a holy priesthood. You! Don't look at me as the priest. Don't come to me. You! If you are a believer in Christ, are a holy priesthood, according to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. That is who you are. That is who God made you when he brought you into his family. Am I validated to do this for God? Yes, the answer is yes. And don't let the enemy bring up the thoughts of the past that, that stifle you in moving forward in what he has for you. He'd love everybody to be stifled there. And the more he can staff you there, the less can be done for the kingdom and glory of God. Well, why is it that we find ourselves hesitantly crawling towards what God has called us to do? First, we see because we have a desperate need for validation, but we just learned that just like Samuel has validated Saul and God has validated Saul through Samuel's words, so are we validated through Christ. Well, so the second reason is because we have a debilitating uh, thought exercise in our mind that brings us to intimidation. Why is it that we find ourselves hesitantly crawling towards what God has called us to? Because, because of our debilitating thoughts of intimidation. I, I can't be the one to do that. God can't be calling me to do that. He's got to be calling somebody else to do that. Well, let's see how Saul went through something similar. Starting in verse 8, says this. Then go down before me, this is Samuel talking to Saul, to Gilgal, behold, I'm coming to you to offer burnt offerings and sacrifice peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait until I come to you and show you what we shall do. And when he turned his back to leave Samuel at the point that he uh, decided in his heart to do what Samuel told him to do, God gave him another heart 
And all these signs came to pass that day. And when he came to Gibeah, behold, uh, a group of prophets met him there. And the Spirit of God rushed upon him. And he prophesied among them, just like he said what would happen. And then all who knew him previously saw how he would prophesy and uh, saw how he prophesied with the prophets. And they said to one another, what has come over the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? And a man of place or standing answered, and who is his father? And therefore became a proverb, is Saul also among the prophets? And when he had finished prophesying, he came to the high place Saul's uncle said to him and to his servant, where did you go? And he said, well, to seek the donkeys. And when they saw that the donkeys were not found, they went to Samuel. Saul's uncle was curious and said, please tell me what Samuel said to you. Saul said to his uncle, he told us plainly that the donkeys had been found. But about the matter of the kingdom of which Samuel spoke, had spoken, he did not tell him what? Anything. And there you see the hesitation. Why is it that we find ourselves hesitantly crawling towards what God has called us to do? Well, because sometimes we have debilitating thoughts. We go through thought exercises in our mind that intimidate us to do exactly what God called us to do. He has so many affirmations along the way. I'm gonna give you three ways of knowing for sure that this is of God. There'll be two guys and there'll be three guys and there's a whole band of prophets and the Spirit of God will fall on you and you'll start prophesying like all of them. And yet, still at the very end, when his uncle asked him, he wasn't able to bring himself to speak out what God had called him to do. He waited for seven days uh, until, until his kingship would be established. Uh, uh, we'll do these inaugural sacrifices together and we'll install you as king. And as soon as he turned around to follow the very words of Samuel, that's when the Spirit of God fell on him. He got a new heart. It's a little different than our experience. Uh, when, we, when we come to know Christ, our eyes are opened. Our, we're, we're, you know, our, we, we, we go from darkness and into light. We go from death to life. Uh, it's called regeneration. It's a little different than what happened with Saul. Saul here is getting a special equipping for the work or the task at hand, namely to be king. This is not a salvific thing. It's not a sociological thing. He, he's, just, he's not getting saved like we would get saved as his life would later on indicate that he's not exactly following after God and, 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 and making God his Lord. He, was, he, he gets in trouble being his own Lord. But he is equipped for the ministry that God has for him. And it's very encouraging to think about that, that if you think God's calling you to do something, that he will equip you. He can equip you for the task at hand. He can fit you for service. In fact, sometimes your life is the hand for the glove of service that God wants for you. There's things in your past that the, maybe you think they disqualify you. This is why I can't do this. And yet that's exactly why that glove fits. Because God wants to use you in that realm for his glorifying purposes over here. And so even though I had these problems over here and I'm shamed by these things over here, God can still use that and reconcile and redeem it and, and, and do things good out of, out of it even though it started in a negative place. That's what he can do. Um, as Paul comes down and he, and he uh, uh, equipped for ministry, the last evidence was the Spirit of God falling on him to where he's with these prophets and there's something visibly different about Saul. Something different about him. He's hanging out with these prophets. There's something visibly different about them. Has to do with music. Uh, there's great debates as to what's going on here. Are they completely entranced? 
Uh, you, you can tell the prophets because they're in like a trance-like state. I don't know. They're probably not fully in trance because they're all playing music together. You've got to have some kind of ability to, to, to play together and have knowledge. And, but there's something different about them to where people go, there are the prophets and here are the regular people. And now Paul, who was, uh, Saul, who was over here, is hanging out with the prophets over there and he's doing that prophetic thing to where they're going, wait a second, is, is Saul now amongst the prophets? We knew him when he was a kid. Who's his daddy? How is this guy hanging out with those folks over there? What is going on? There was a visible manifestation of the empowering of the Spirit on him, something that I would classify as a temporary prophetic um, uh, enabling of sorts. And the reason I say that is because it, he doesn't go out through, through his entire kingship having this ability. In fact, he goes to a medium at one point. And so God temporarily allowed him to experience this. Why? Well, you're hesitating about whether or not God's called you. I'll show you. I'll give you my endorsement. I will equip you for the task. Everything happens exactly Samuel says. The two guys come. Donkeys are fine. Three guys come. Here, have some bread. Prophets come, and he's prophesying with the prophets and then at the end of the story, like in the last verse, it's almost like it doesn't fit. Verse 16, and Saul said to his uncle, oh yeah, he told us, the prophet, he told us that the donkeys had been found, but about the matter of the kingdom of which Samuel had spoken, he did not tell him anything. There's the hesitation. God's validated me, he's confirmed me, I know my mission, I got my orders, but... I'm still hesitating. By the way, the uncle is just curious of what Samuel said because according to 1 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 6, it says that everything that Saul says comes true. No, everything that Samuel says comes true. You can believe everything he says, take it to the bank. So what did he tell you? I mean, you're walking down with these prophets, you're prophesying. What did Samuel tell you? And he hesitates. Which brings me to the big idea. Humility is a God thing. While humility is a God thing, hesitation produces nothing. Uh, it's actually kind of remarkable how humble Saul is in this. Can't be me. We're from the wrong tribe. You know, we got a bad history. Can't be. But if that humility uh, becomes humiliation and that humiliation becomes intimidation and then brings about hesitation, then it means nothing. While humility is a God thing, hesitation produces nothing. Just a bunch of spoiled potential. And the enemy wins. Because he would love just to remain stifled and love just to remain in that spot of hesitation, not moving forward, not being used by God. Maybe it's something that hounds you in your past. And so I can't be used because of this activity and God can't forgive that activity and so therefore he won't use. It must be somebody else. There's somebody else better for the job. While humility is a God thing, hesitation produces nothing. Here's Samuel telling Saul, I have validated you. God has validated you through me. You have your confirmation. And yet Samuel still sees Saul hesitate in moving forward. Well, in light of our introduction to love life um, this morning, in this ministry that's happening in, in Ventura County, how can we apply this? How can we apply this? You know, I'd imagine that the most debilitating thoughts of intimidation come in the minds of those who are post-abortive. 
This would be those people who've had an abortion in their past. Can you just imagine the enemy and how he has a field day in the mind of such a person, whether it's the gal who participated in it, or whether it's the boyfriend who advocated for it, or even whether it's parents and grandparents who monetized it. Can you imagine the thoughts that the enemy rains down of guilt and shame on our brothers and sisters who found themselves in an unexpected pregnancy and then decided to abort? Can you imagine their thoughts on Mother's Day? And yet the stats are out, the number of men and women, both Christian and non-Christian, affected by this activity is staggering, even in the evangelical church. I haven't shared too many of those because I want people looking around, but it's very clear, you're here. You're here. Can I just tell you, if that is you, and you have this in your background and in your story, that God loves you and that God forgives you, very likely you've never brought this up, you haven't talked to anybody about it, and so you've never heard anybody said, God can still love you and God can still forgive you. If you are a believer in Christ, you are loved and forgiven. If you are a non-believer in Christ, God can forgive you. That's why he put his son on the cross to die for that activity that hounds you in your mind. You may have never been to a clinic, but maybe you took a pill and that guilt stifles you. One of the reasons we wanted to highlight this ministry in the way that we did this morning is because we wanted to let you know that God can use you. You have a story that is built for certain ministries like we just saw right here, where no one could ever accuse you of being condemning. You're just condemning me. I can't condemn you. I've been there. I did that. I'm here to love you through the process, maybe in a way that nobody was there for me to love me through it. We'll take you wherever you're at. Whether you go through with it, we'll be there afterwards. Whether you don't go through with it, we will be there afterwards. You can find healing, reconciliation, redemption in your story, and God can use you, and as he's using you, that's where you're gonna find the healing, redemption, and reconciliation in the story. You have the ability to be an advocate for life in such a way that no one could ever confuse you or accuse you of being condemning. I hope your story doesn't cause you to hesitate. It's the humility and vulnerability of your story that makes it magnetic. Don't hesitate, move forward. Because while humility is a God thing, hesitation produces nothing. Same principle can be applied to many areas of our lives and I just ask you, what is God drawing your mind's eye to right now? What area of your life are you hesitating on that God's calling you to move forward on? You know, I'll just say this as we close. Mother's Day is probably the hardest day of the whole year to plan a gathering. And the reason is because everybody comes with their own baggage. I had a great mom, I had a horrible mom, I had an abusive mom, I had a wonderful stand-in mom, I had a stepmom but I didn't have a real mom. Whatever, whatever it was, 
I don't feel like a good mom. I'm an adoptive mom and I don't feel like my kids accept me. There are so many different stories that everybody comes with. It's hard. And then there's those people who have part of their storyline that condemns them every year on Mother's Day. So we decided to go for it, to let you know that there's forgiveness in Christ, to let you know that your story doesn't define you, but Christ defines you. And he may wanna, if you'll let him, have access to that story so he can bring back glory. You know, um, within the last year, there was a gal that came to our church, obviously won't share any names, but she came and she had given God one last ditch effort. Had an appointment last week, I canceled it, but I got my appointment this week and I'm gonna go through with it. Unless you do something on Sunday, God, I'm going to the clinic. Somehow that became known on the patio. Somebody who was very caring, knew the girl and said, hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm fine, no you're not, tell me how's it really going and then tears came. Because the story came out, we were able to pair that girl with, with a family that would, would end up sitting down with her and saying, if the issue for you is figuring out how to raise the child, we'll raise it for you. We're that committed to life, we will do that. The gal ended up counseling her second appointment, keeping the child, and I don't think it's not coincidental that once she found out that there's a family, a church family, that would support her in the midst of this. That's what helped her make that decision. That's the church we want to be, and that's the church who we are. And if you're in here and you find yourself in an unplanned pregnancy, I just want you to know that's who we are, and we will not condemn you, we will love you. And parents, we won't condemn you in your parenthood either. So don't put the church face on and convince your child they need to do something because you're concerned about what it's gonna look like for you. We'll meet you where you're at. We'll walk with you. We'll love on you. We'll go through it together. I'm gonna put my Bible out and I'm gonna put it to 1 Samuel chapter 10. And I'm gonna ask you not to hesitate on this. If you wanna be a part of helping an organization that plans and funds baby showers for families that decide to keep their babies, Here's your opportunity to give. You may have come with cash or, or check, great. If not, Kenny will tell you how you can give online. Don't feel the need to go to the ATM. Um, we don't want to do that to you. Would you give the gift of motherhood to another mother today? Why don't you bow your head and clear to me? Father, it's a, it's a difficult Sunday, um, even just for myself. I miss my mom. It's been 20 years since I got to say hello to my mom and tell her happy Mother's Day. I'm so thankful you gave me a wife with a wonderful replacement, a, a wonderful um, emotional advocate for me to have that bond. But oh, the sweet sound of my mom saying, mijo, on the other night on the phone. I thank you that I can still hear her in my head. Mijo, stopping everything to talk to her son. Mothers are so important in each and every one of our lives. And I don't know the storylines. I don't know where people are at. I don't know what, what dysfunction there is in the past and all these things. But you know, and you can meet and touch people right where they're at. And so whatever it is, Lord, whether it's shame on themselves or shame on somebody else, whatever it's great, great ideas of joy, would you allow every woman and mother to leave feeling honored today?
We believe that motherhood is an institution that you created and it's beautiful and necessary and we praise you for it. May every female leave feeling honored today. Would you make that happen? I can't make it happen, but you can. Let these <coughs> carnation and flowers and all these things be symbols to them that you love and honor them and cherish them for their rule. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
awesome time of worship. You can go ahead and have a seat. So if you're um, one of the people who don't deal in this paper stuff, and but you wanted to give to Love Life, you can do it by going to campcc.net, clicking give at the top of the page. And then there's a drop-down menu, and you can just choose special love offering. And whatever you give in that this week will go to Love Life as well. So what an awesome time, you know, talking about God's love. If God's doing something in your life today and you want to talk to someone about it, we have people in the lobby on the left-hand side you can go to. And, if, and I encourage you to speak up. Don't hesitate like Saul did in our verses today. Let someone know that God's doing something. And we will are, we'll be there for you to answer questions and to walk with you through that. All right, if you want to give towards Camp CC, if the Lord's leading you to support our ministry here, you can do that through the three ways you can see on your screen by going to our website and clicking give or by texting the amount you'd like to donate to 84321 or we have an offering box in the lobby. All the ministry we have here is supported through uh, the generosity of God's people. So thank you for your generosity. This is a very generous church. A couple things, uh, or only one thing, next week, We are only having one service at 9 a.m., and you're the second service people, so set your alarms earlier. Uh, It's for the Lord. You can do it. We'll see you at 9. And then directly afterwards, we're going to have a walk for water, and this is to help people throughout the world who do not have access to clean water. We're going to raise money to help provide filtration and wells and things. So the average distance in Africa that a woman walks to get water every day is six kilometers. So we're going to do a six-kilometer walk. We have an alternate route that's one mile. This is the first you're hearing about it. Grab a card on your way out or talk to me on the patio, and I can uh, help you. But that's next week. All right. Check out this video for what's coming up next. Hey, CC. I'm Sharice Bennett. I serve in hospitality and worship ministries. I'm truly glad you're here with us today. If you are a first, second, or third time guest, we have some great gifts for you. Starbucks gift cards, thirst quenching mugs, and all you can eat dessert with our staff and elders. If it's your first, second, or third time with us, go to the welcome counter in the lobby so we can spoil you. Or if you're online watching, go to campcc.net slash next steps. There are a lot of great things coming up at Camp CC. Who will you invite to join you? Sunday, May 21st, Walk Through Water Initiative. Grab those walking shoes. We'll be partnering with World Vision to provide clean water for those in need around the world. We'll have one gathering May 21st at 9 a.m and walk a 6K or one mile alternative route at 10.30 a.m. Registration is $50 for adults, $25 for children and teens, which includes a t-shirt, medal, and a barbecue lunch back at the church. You can still walk without registering and enjoy a $5 barbecue lunch, but no swag. Register now at campcc.net slash impact to ensure you get your shirt in time. Friday, May 26th through Monday, May 29th, family camp. Don't miss this weekend of games, hiking, fishing, swimming, and s'mores. Our gatherings will be held in person on Saturday night with an all-church potluck dinner at Lake Kuchuma and an online-only Sunday, May 28th. Register at campcc.net slash camping. Friday, June 2nd, middle school all-nighter, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Yes, you heard that right, all night long. Games, prizes, tons and tons of fun. Register at campcc.net slash all-nighter. June 18th through 23rd, Friathon High School Summer Camp. Outgoing 8th graders to seniors 
Enjoy the best week of your life at the beautiful Lake Tullock. Registration is now open. Wakeboarding, tubing, giant inflatable water slide, and trampoline. Build lifelong memories. For more information, contact Jacob at campcc.net or register at campcc.net slash firethon. August 11th through 14th, Middle School Catalina Summer Camp. Save the date. More details to come. To stay in the loop what's going on at Camp CC, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information on any of these events, go to campcc.net. Stand for the send off. Something I got out of the message is that Jesus loves me. Mom, don't forget your bouquets on the patio. Next week, join us for one gathering at 9 a.m. Walk for water. Now it's time for a donut. <laughs> Alright, so they join you next Sunday. Happy Mother's Day! Yay. <laughs>